Well, hello, everybody, New Creation Family Church and the folks listening to the podcast. Um, We're in Springfield, Missouri. Pastors Gary and Kim Miller, if you're in the area, come see us. We'd love to meet you. You can follow us on Facebook, New Creation Family Church slash Miller Outreach Ministries and find out what we're all about and why we're here. So Pastor Gary's got a great message today called the sin question. Okay, we're going to talk this morning about the sin question. Why is sin a question? Because it's rampant in the world. And it has gotten into the church. Uh, There's a idea, a conception, a misconception that you get born again, God forgives you of all your sin, and people act like that's yesterday, today, and forever. But uh, God's pretty adamant about what's sin and what's not. And uh, the sin problem started in Genesis when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate of the, the fruit of the tree that he told them not to eat it lest they would surely die and they ate and they didn't drop dead but they lost fellowship with God Um, that is spiritual death and we have to understand that mankind men, women people, humans are a threefold being. They're, they are a, <coughs> a spirit man who lives in a body, this earth suit that we can see each other in, and we have a soul. That's our mind, our will, our emotions, our reasoning, our thinking. All takes place there, and they're all connected. The, the body, the flesh, has its own desires. Um, the will has its own ideas. And the spirit, uh, without God, follows everybody else. And including their father, the devil. And so um, there are the works of the flesh that are sin. Now, in the, uh, from the time of Adam to Moses, um, sin existed. Uh, you know, Adam, uh, Cain slew Abel, murder. You know, there was, <coughs> there was sin in there. And then Moses, God gave Moses the law to expose sin, to convict vic people of wrongdoing of sin and he said you shall not let's go to uh, uh, well first of all let's read John chapter 3 we talked last week <coughs> on the love of God in action and God so loved people see you read the Old Testament and you look at God in the Old Testament and you think this is a God of love 
Well, he did everything he did, he did out of love. But uh, they had a different covenant. And, and from Adam to, to Moses, there wasn't a covenant. There wasn't any agreement with God and man to cover, to take care of the sin problem. So uh, he sent the commandments, but in John 3, 16, <coughs> it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, God is a loving God. He doesn't want to condemn anyone and what is what is condemnation? It's it's the um, sentencing of a person to punishment for what he's done. A condemned <coughs> man, a man who is convicted of murder, is con and and given the death penalty, he's condemned to die uh, by the law, by the by the judicial system. Now, right or wrong, that's the way, that's, that's condemnation, that he is condemned. Now, God didn't send Jesus to condemn us, to punish us for our sins. He, can, he sent him to redeem us from our sins. And when Jesus died on the cross, <coughs> he became sin. All of the sin of the flesh, all the sins of the world, he took upon himself and he died with them and did away with that power of sin in our life. Now, let's go on here. Uh, sin entered when Adam and Eve ate of the tree. Uh, God came and gave the law to expose sin. And in Exodus chapter 20, and and everybody's, everybody's even sinners are, are familiar with this because it's been such a uh, prominent part of, of the church, religion. Um, uh, and in the Old Testament, this was what determined your relationship with God. Uh, Exodus chapter 20 Look at, looked up the verse instead of the chapter we'll get there Exodus 20 and God spoke all these words saying <coughs> I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. 
Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. <coughs> now, the, the, the Ten Commandments, the law, uh, were thou shalt not. If you do these things, what was the result? Condemnation. But, um, in, uh, well, let's, before I go on to that, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Um, now the, the, there were blessings that were given, um, and these are the called the blessings of Abraham. Abraham was a man. If you go to Hebrews chapter one, it tells about Abraham being a. Um, well, let's just look at it. Hebrews chapter eleven. <coughs> this is the hall of faith. Uh, men and women of God, and throughout the history that live by faith. As soon as I find Hebrews, it hasn't moved. Okay. Uh, <coughs> let's, uh, I'm not going to read all this. I just want to read about Abraham. Verse 8, 11, 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So he was, he was, he followed God and it says his faith was counted unto him as righteousness and we're going to talk about righteousness here in a little bit but uh, in Deuteronomy 28 well in um, Proverbs chapter 26 too. let's go there first Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. Mm -hmm. Now the curse is the result of disobeying God. Mm -hmm. 
in the Old Testament we're talking now. Um, you you commit adultery, you're under the curse. You and and Deuteronomy spells it out very plainly, and people glance over this and and who wants to talk about all this ugly stuff? But sin is ugly. Sin is a destroyer. It it causes you to miss God. It causes you to separate from God. It causes you to to uh, and you read over in the book of Romans. It says the things that that I know I shouldn't do, I do, and the things I I know I should do, I don't do. And why do why is this? Why do I I know to do and don't do? And why is it? And the reason is is because you haven't dealt with the sin issue. So God made a way to deal with the sin issue and his name is Jesus. But let's go back here to Deuteronomy and I'm not going to read this whole thing. You are. You're going to get your book out, your Bible, your device and you're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter um, 28 and take some time to read this now I'm just going to do the first 14 verses or so and just to highlight a couple of other things but in Deuteronomy 28 I'm going to read the first verse now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high upon high above all nations of the earth, and all the, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. <coughs> now, what, what was the voice of the Lord your God saying to? Who was he talking to? And what was he saying? He was talking to the children of Israel who had a covenant with God through Abraham, and God made that covenant with Abraham, but it, it extended to the whole nation of Israel, the children of Israel. <coughs> and uh, he, the commandments that he get reinforced what he gave in in giving Moses the law. So you have to, you do the law, you do what's right in the eyes of God you don't know what's wrong that's pretty simple and then it says uh, as you obey the voice of the Lord your God blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country so it doesn't matter whether you're a city dweller or you live in the country blessed shall be the fruit of your body the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. <coughs> blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. You don't know whether you're coming or going, but it doesn't matter because you're blessed, coming or going. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. 
The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which your Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You should be above only and not beneath, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left, or to go after other gods to serve them. <coughs> and then from the 15th verse to the end of the chapter, it's talking about the curse. Now, we read in Proverbs, the curse causeless does not come. If anything in the rest of this chapter is taking place in your life, there's a reason for it. It doesn't come causeless. Uh, and it covers all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, uh, let's see. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusing, rebuke, and all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed, until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. See, the bad stuff happens if you don't do what God. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to go to the Redeemer. Uh, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And uh, you become a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Your old man, your, your spirit man that was controlled by Satan from the time of Adam till the time of Jesus, uh, that man dies. You're, you change lords. You're not following the will of the devil. You're following the will of God. You're following <coughs> the love of God. And the book of Romans says that love, that same love that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in you. It's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So you have the tools within you as a born-again Christian to deal with anything that you ever face. Uh, part of the curse is sickness. Part of the curse is poverty. Part of the curse is, is fear. Part of the curse is confusion. Part of the curse is, is... And the Bible says that you are redeemed from the curse of the law. But the blessings of Abraham 
belong to us. So, so with in Jesus we have all of the blessings, none of the curses. So then, why are Christians sick? Why are they confused? Why are they uh, tormented with oppression and depression? And why does that happen? Because they're not doing something that God has required of them to do. Now, let's go to uh, in the Old Testament, the blessing was if you do, then you get the blessing. If you don't, you get the cursing. In the New Testament, the blessing comes through grace and the forgiveness of God. Now, let me talk about grace for a minute. Let's go to Romans. And, and this is another assignment I'm giving you. Uh, you need to go to the book of Romans, especially if you have... Uh, well, you just need to do it. <laughs> but if you're if you if you have something in your life that you just can't seem to shake, and there's a reason for it. Uh, like I said, the curse cosmic causeless does not come. But people don't have a revelation. You need to get a revelation of what all Jesus did for you. He didn't just take care of the sin problem. Uh, in taking care of the sin problem, he took care of he took care of all all of the curse of the law. He took it upon himself so that we don't have to live in that. We can be free from that. But we have to do what the word says. Uh, and here's what happens. Uh, Romans chapter one. Let's see, where do I want to start here? It's hard not to just read this all. But I want you to I want you to take it and you go to uh let's go to um Romans one sixteen. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just are those justified through the work of Jesus. For Then verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. <coughs> for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, God... His nature, his invisible attributes, his way of being and doing 
why he does what he does, how he does what he does, all of that is in all of creation. And anything that is created uh, follows according to how they were created. I go back to Genesis and you read when, when he created the animals and he said they produce each one after their own kind. <coughs> and and they're just that's the way God made them to be. That's the way they are. And he did that with man, but he gave man something he didn't give the animals, and that was a right to choose. And he said in um let's see. Why did I write that down? Um uh, He said in Deuteronomy, I put before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. See, the choice is out there for us to make. He made us with a will to choose what we do. And I hear this, you know, I'm an adult, I can do what I want. Uh, well, yes, you have that right to choose. But God said, choose life. So if you choose something that doesn't lead to life and godliness, you're disappointing God, which is sin. You're disappointing the people that love you, which is sin. Honor your father and mother. Okay, we're done with that. So, uh, because... Uh, because people uh, verse 21 says because although they knew God they did not glorify him as God nor were thankful but came futile in their thoughts their foolish hearts were darkened professing to be wise they become fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. <coughs> so because of their choice, they were opened up to all kinds of evil. God gave them up to vile passions, it says in verse 26. Uh, verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting being filled with all unrighteousness. So, and this is the works of the flesh. Uh, uh, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. They are deserving of death. It doesn't mean that, that it's going to kill them. They're not going to drop dead if they do one of these things. But they deserve that. But through 
the precious work of Jesus. God said, I sent him not to convict, can, not to condemn you, not to say, okay, you're bad, you're dying now, you're going to hell. He doesn't say that. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I love you so much that I want to deliver you from these things. And he does that through Jesus. Okay, now we're going to go. <coughs> so read on, study, meditate on this. Uh, and he's talking to Jews, and he says Gentiles. Those is everybody that's not Jews. Those that are, are not Christians. Uh, and so, but when you when you profess Jesus as Lord of your life, then you're walking in a different realm. You're you're following new covenant rules, and in the new covenant, one sealed by the blood of Jesus. <coughs> uh, it says in the fourth chapter and the seventh verse, "Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven." And whose sins are covered, blessed is the man whom the Lord shall not impute sin. So he's not he's not convicting us of sin. He's looking at us through the blood of Jesus, that, that the works of Jesus that destroyed sin affecting man. So the only way you can sin as a Christian is if you make up your mind. Well, I don't think it makes any difference. I'll just do it. I just do it, and and that is that is such a dangerous place to be in yes, because it takes you out of the mm -hmm. covering of the covenant, sealed in the blood of Jesus, mm -hmm. and it makes the work of Jesus have no effect mm -hmm. in your life, and so then it gets progressive. Well, you lie here, and you lie there, mm -hmm. and then well, I could take that. Nobody will miss it. You know, it's you know they got more. And you know it's it's a deception, and and the works of the flesh are progressive, and it gets worse, worse. And, and sexual sins, immorality, mm -hmm. it builds from this uh, this little tiny thing. This little thing won't hurt. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt anybody. This is just me. You know this don't this one doesn't affect anybody else, but it does. It affects it, it affects you from here on out. It affects all your relationships from here on out. It it makes a change in you that only uh, only the redeeming power of God can correct. And the only way for the redeeming power of God to correct that is you've got to submit to that. Repent of your sin. He says if you repent of your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. When God cleanses something, you know, the Bible says that he takes sin. When you ask him to forgive you, he takes your sin and, and puts it in a lake of forgetfulness. He don't remember that you ever sin once he forgives you. And, and then we have to work at not remembering that we ever sinned. And you will do that by renewing your mind, meditating the word, Praising God, worshiping God, praying in the Holy Spirit, you'll get to the place where you look back on, on that stuff that you did that was evil 
as if it was happened to somebody else and and there may still be some consequences of it because there's diseases that come and, and stuff and some of that stuff is you know God does miracles he 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 can get rid of it all if your faith is there and your faith needs to be there and you get there through staying in the word meditating the word praying in the spirit building yourself up in your most holy faith so that you can as you read this stuff and you see yourself in here as doing something that that is sin then the way you you deal with that is is confess it as sin this is wrong and then ask God to forgive you and he does he's faithful and just to do that so um, so this grace that is in Christ Jesus grace is God's willingness and ability and promise to meet you right where you are in the condition that you're in and forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and it's not because you deserve it because according to the law that says you shall die but we just read just because you deserve death doesn't mean you're going to die he doesn't want you to die and spend eternity in punishment for what you did he wants you free he wants you loving so our job in dealing with the God's job in dealing with sin he did through Jesus when Jesus died on the cross was with sin and destroyed it removed his power over people then if we step out into sin our our job is to acknowledge it is sin ask God to forgive you and then then uh, don't do it again well how do you not do it again uh, crucify the flesh uh, well let's I started to say something about grace. I want to read this. So in the fourth chapter, it talks about Let's just read the first verse, chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad had poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has was given to us. <coughs> now uh, tribulations, trials, um, temptations, things that draw us away from God. So when whenever we're faced with one of these things, know, we know that 
Tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, patience. When patience, let patience have its perfect work, when it has done its work, then you're perfect in the entire wanting nothing. So you have to stay with it, persevere, keep after it. Uh, when it rises up, you cast that thought down. When it, when it, the temptation comes, you resist it. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will free from you. I, I refuse to do that. I know it's wrong. I'm not doing that. Uh, and it, that produces in you character. And character produces hope. Now hope is <coughs> the happy anticipation of the completion of this work. <coughs> and that is all done by love, which is poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So, because here in verse 6, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. <coughs> and not only that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. And then it goes on to talk about as Adam, sin came into the world through one man, Adam, the redemption from that sin came to mankind through the man Jesus Christ. Uh, in verse 16th verse says, For the judgment came from one offense, the judgment which came from one offense, the offense that Adam committed in the garden, resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. <coughs> and justification justifying just if I had never sinned. That's an awesome thing. So you, you read this then. This is how grace works. Because of Jesus doing what he did, we can be, uh, verse 21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to the eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then verse 6 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Now, how did we die to sin? By receiving Jesus our Lord and dying to sin in the death that he did. And this is um, um, the, the outward picture of that when we're water baptized and we're buried with him as we're immersed in the water and lifted up and that is a demonstration a physical outward demonstration of, of the dying to sin that we did in Christ which he did on the cross so as we're if we're in him uh <coughs> and verse 11 it says likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin 
but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you reckon yourself, you know, reckon isn't a term that we use commonly now, but reckon means to uh, picture yourself, recognize, recognize yourself at, in the reality of you being dead to sin. Now, if you're dead to sin, if a man is dead, he doesn't sin. Dead men don't sin. They can't. They they have to have a body to sin. They have to have a their mind and and working in a living body in order to sin, because sin is of the flesh. <coughs> That's where it dominates. Uh, you have thinking, wrong thinking, wrong speaking, that's all sin too. But those, the, the will and the flesh work together and the flesh gets what it wants and the, the will agrees with it and then that's how the mess starts. But when you get your thinking aligned with the will of God and are led by the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit's going to lead you away from stuff, not into it. The devil leads you into it, drives you into it. <coughs> the Holy Spirit lives you away from it. And you know, the, the Bible says the job of the Holy Spirit, his job is to convict the world of sin, to convince the, the sons and daughters of God of righteousness and to condemn the devil. So if if there's condemnation, if you're walking in condemnation because of something you're doing, a work of the flesh that you're doing, that condemnation doesn't come from God because that's all covered in, in the work of Jesus. That condemnation comes from your spirit, your recreated spirit. That's where the condemnation that you're feeling is. You're, you're, the Holy Spirit's not convincing you that you're doing wrong. Your own spirit is convincing you that you're doing wrong because you know because the love of God is in your heart and, and the love of God covers a multitude of sin. And so you're not comfortable. You're not comfortable in doing this. You regret it. You're, you're of all creatures most miserable because you know you're doing wrong. You know, somebody who has asked Jesus to be Lord of their life and continues in sin, they're of all creatures most uncomfortable, most miserable. And they'll stay that way until they repent. And the Holy Spirit is there to, to convince you of righteousness. The way to righteousness, if you're in sin as a Christian, is to repent. That means turn your back on it. Put your your flesh to death. Don't don't allow it. My I my body is dead to sin. Dead men don't sin. You could you could take a dead man and lay him out there and and uh, you know offer him all the wealth of the world and he's what's he gonna do? He's gonna lay there being dead because he can't sin. You know, here, take this, just steal it, you know. Uh, you know, you can have 
sex with whoever you want. He's dead. He's not going to be tempted by that. He's dead. And so die to sin. The Bible says take up your cross. That means you, you, you deal with your flesh and put it under. You put your flesh in control. You say, no, we're not doing that. That is wrong. That's not hard to say. But it's so hard. It's so hard because you're letting your flesh rule and you don't want to change because you like it. It feels good in the moment. It's called the pleasure of sin for a season. And it's a short season. A really short season. Because when you're away from that, you're miserable. You're not happy. And you make other people around you miserable and unhappy because you don't have any joy in you because you separated yourself from that. But it's so easy to change. Repent. Give it to God. Holy Spirit, help me. And when you do that, He's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness mm -hmm. and restore you back to fellowship with him and put you back better than before. Amen. And so the answer to the sin question is Jesus. Amen. And the answer to the sin question is obedience to the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so as you as uh, if you're caught up in something that I mean how am I going to get out of this? I can tell you how to get out of it. Turn to the Father. He loves you. He's merciful. He's kind. He's full of grace and love. And he will receive you right where you are. And you admit that you're wrong and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness set you back up in that relationship and then continue in it well what if I'm tempted again cast that thought down that's where that's where the devil works in your thinking he'll, he'll give you this little thought you know it sounds just like you and you believe you because you know you, you hear yourself all the time You'll hear, you believe your voice. And he'll say, you know, yeah, nobody will care. Nobody will know. You know, it's just a little thing. It won't hurt anything. But the next time, it's a little bigger thing and a little bigger thing. And it's progressive. And, and you know, you, you start out, well, this was, I, mean, I know I shouldn't have done this, but, you know, nothing happened. It's okay. And then a little progressive and progressive. And, and then finally you find it yourself in over your head where, you know, how am I going to get out of this? And this is, this is hurting. This is depressing. This is, and people get into that, and then they take drugs or alcohol, and you know it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But you come to God, and you ask Him to forgive you, receive His forgiveness. He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Restore you to the to where you were in Christ Jesus before you fell into this temptation and walked with it. So 
I'm telling you, God loves you right where you are. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't convict you. He forgives and forgets and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. But you have to do your part. You have to do your part. And your part is, you know, the Bible says, Jesus said, I give you two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. That's spirit, soul, and body. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. So there's, you love God, you love yourself, you love people. And that determines all of your life. You're doing, you're doing the will of God. See, the Old Testament, they had all these thou shalt nots. And all that did was, was make them realize that what they were doing was wrong. And then, so you stopped doing those things. But you were doing that in the flesh. You didn't have the Holy Spirit. You didn't have the blood of Jesus cleansing you from all unrighteousness. You didn't have the the love of God in your heart. And so now you love God. And if you love somebody, you aren't going to steal from them. You're not going to kill them. You're not going to covet their wife. You're not going <coughs> to to do those things because love doesn't do that. So if you love God, you won't sin. If you truly love God, and the Bible tells us that that those who love God do not sin. They can't because it's not their nature. It's not in them to do. They're free from that. They've been redeemed from that. And so the problem, the sin problem is, the question is, am I going to do what God says to do? Or I'm going to do what feels good to me. What I think's right. The Bible says, you know, man's thoughts are right in his own mind, but they lead to destruction. So you must, you must put yourself in a position to walk in righteousness. And God made the way to do that through Jesus. You've been redeemed from sin. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. You don't, you don't have to do those things. You don't have to live like that. You can be free. Just receive what God's done for you. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word, Father. Thank you, Father, for those that have heard it today. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit <coughs> convincing them of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.